Our text is 1 Corinthians chapter 3. We're going to begin with verse 9 this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, begins verse 9. <clears throat> and I've titled this sermon, Wake Up, Not Woke Up. <laughs> okay. And uh, somebody, he must have made that title up for what was coming. This, this, this title was here a couple of weeks ago. Okay. This is not something that... Uh, just because of a Supreme Court decision. Supreme Court doesn't determine on what I preach, you know. Uh, I agree with their decision this week, but it doesn't de uh, determine what I'm going to preach. So I just want you to know that that's something where you have to get alone with the Lord and let Him give you <clears throat> what you ought to preach, and then you preach as He has laid it on the heart is what uh, the way we do it. I want you to keep in mind, however, as we get into the text today, that the entire text here in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, is addressed to saved people. This is not talking about the unsaved here. This is talking about saved people. So, if you're saved, you know Christ is your Savior. This especially is for you. This especially is something to which you need to take heed. So, let me have a word of prayer here, and then we'll get started into the message for today. <clears throat> now, Father, I pray that as we look into your word, we want to rightly divide it. Don't want to mislead anyone in any way. So I ask thy Holy Spirit just to take over, impress on my heart things I should say, and things I should not say. Lord, I pray that this would be to your great honor and glory, and I ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, my Lord. Amen. Now, reading in verse 9, it says, For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Now, as God's husbandry, you might say we're His farm. We are the ones that are to grow and produce fruit for the Lord. He is the director. He is the head. He is the overseer. He is all in all. It all belongs to him. But ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. Now know as a church that the local church is the Lord's design. Matter of fact, you'll find that in Matthew chapter 16, verse 16 through 18, that he designed the local church. This is not something that was found after the resurrection of Christ. He was already laying it out for us in the New Testament before uh, we ever got into the epistles. Uh, it was the founding of Jesus Christ. And to be quite honest with you, whereas the law and those commandments uh, of the Old Testament for Israel and the Torah and all that stuff that was laid out for Israel, this was laid out for us. When Jesus said, a new commandment I give unto you, love you one another as I have loved you, he was not only given a commandment that was on the level of the Ten Commandments, he was making a commandment that was actually stronger than the old law because the old law says, love one another as you love yourself. No, he said this time, it's love as I, Jesus Christ, has loved you. He gave his life for us. So, <clears throat> there's a great difference there, uh, and that's the way we're to love. Now, you say, I don't want to be under the law. Well, one thing the law said, 
love one another. Okay, so if you don't want to love one another, you're not under the law, are you? You can hate each other if you want to. Is it what preachers? No, be straight on this. I'm, I'm trying to be straight with you. I'm trying to bring you to, away from these people teach false doctrine. Well, say the Old Testament has nothing to do with today. Look, the, you're, you've heard things said about the Constitution. You'll hear it next week as well. And, and really, all of that, it was founded on the Judeo-Christian ethic, which means Old and New Testaments. That's exactly what it's talking about right there. And it's the principles, and because they're God's principles, they are principles that are through all ages of time. Okay, so we need to understand that. Now, the local church is his founding. The instruction manual for the local church is not man's ideas or man's rules. It's God's. They're his rules. So we are laborers together with God we're told. God started it. He sent His only begotten Son that we might be saved. God started it all. And so, all the rules that we need are found in the Word of God. And it is for us today. That is why, when saying all these things, that we're building the local church with Him. The local church is not built with bricks and mortar. It is built with souls redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Ours was not the blood that was shed. It was the precious blood of Jesus Christ. But that's the blood that cleanses from sin. That's the blood that was shed for all of our sin and for the sin of the whole world. And if we can lead men and women to uh, repent and believe that gospel, believe that Jesus actually shed His blood and, and died for every sin they ever will or ever have committed, and He rose bodily from the grave, if they will receive that and accept Him as their Lord and Savior, that becomes when we share that gospel with someone, that becomes another building block of the local church. We are building God's church with souls. And that local church, the word church means a called out assembly. And one day, whether it's Central Baptist Church or some other church anywhere in this country or anywhere in this world, when the Lord calls us up and says, come up hither, there's going to be a called out assembly like you've never seen. Boy, it's going to be great. And, and uh, the way you're a part of that assembly is in Christ Jesus. Now keep in mind, the local church is made up of saved people laboring together. And again, that's why I say that when we have an invitation, one of the things I'll say when we invite for church membership is the requirement is that you've been saved, baptized by immersion after your salvation. You say, I was saved, but not baptized by immersion after salvation. You come and we'll accept you pending that baptism. And you make it a matter of prayer. You say, why do you put prayer in there? Because I want people who are saved to be a part of this church who have prayed about it, and they know this is where God wants them. Now look, 
The devil will try to do anything he can to get inside a local church and upset it. He really will. That's the way he works. And if you've prayed about it and you know that that is your purpose, God had a purpose for you being here, then you stay right with it. You stick with it. You see, that is God's way. Now, so we uh, are God's local church. We are laborers together. Now, during COVID, we heard over and over, we're in this together. Then there was, what kind of togetherness was that? Some people got upset with people that didn't wear a mask. Other people got upset with people that did wear a mask. And frankly, some of you look better with mask on. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but nonetheless, what I'm saying is, is that man couldn't be in agreement on that. Why? Well, they're saying follow the science. Well, the science said about two or three different things. For example, I don't say this is science. I'm just saying what others wrote, read. Makes sense. You breathe out carbon dioxide. What is that? That's a poison. So you hold it in your mask, and it stays in your nose, and you breathe it in. Guess what happens? You're poisoning yourself. All right. So some talked about that, and the poisons. They tested the mask and all that of people that wore them, found out, oh, so many poisons were in there. But I, I'm not here about the science. on. I'm just saying that we don't agree. We can't trust what they say the science says. One time in this world, they said the world is flat. That's what science said. Now, they try to blame the church now many uh, decades, many uh, centuries later. They say, well, that was the church's thing. Well, no, that was the Catholic church that said it, but they were saying what the scientists told them. So, uh, again, uh, we are labors together, but we're with God, and He makes no mistake. You can trust everything that is in His Word. And so, again, uh, we may have different ideas, but one thing we are in together, if you're a believer, God wants you to be in together in His Word, in His local church, bringing souls to the Savior. We tend to think today in political terms. Some are Democrat, some are Republican, some believe in a democracy, some believe in socialism, some believe in a free republic, uh, which is my position, which is the position of the Constitution, I believe in a free republic. Now, I'm not mad at anybody that believes something else. I think they're wrong, yeah. And you would think, if you don't agree with a free republic, you think I'm wrong. But I do have one truth that's always right, and that is the Word of God. That is the Word of God. And that's what Christians are to stand upon. Now, a local church, then, is one of two ways. It's either carnal or it's Christian. That is Christ-like. The carnal Christian wants to make, do those things which really make me feel good. Uh, don't preach on that. that. That just makes people feel bad. Uh, don't sing those old hymns. We don't like those anymore. Just, man, I, I, I like these. Other, okay, well, that's the carnal church. On the other hand, the church I believe that God wants is found in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And again, Romans is a 
is an epistle. What are those epistles for? The local church. Now, whether it's to Corinth or anywhere else, it's to local church. Romans was to the local churches, the believers in Rome. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. So, what does the Lord want the local church to be? What He wants every individual saved person to be. Holy and acceptable, not unto the pastor, not unto the other believers, holy, acceptable unto God. And it's our reasonable service. You know that word service? It's Greek word is rooted in the word holy. The word holy means separated. We're separated from sin. We're separated from worldliness. We're separated unto God. That's what a local church is supposed to be. And so, we're just laying out what God ordained for the local church. Now, in verse 10, continuing in our text, according to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder. Now, the Apostle Paul is writing these words as the Holy Spirit breathes out to him each word that he should write down. So, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another buildeth thereupon. You come in here. You hear the Word of God, whether I'm preaching, someone else is preaching, your Sunday school teacher is teaching, an evangelist is in here speaking. But the Word of God, it's the Word of God, it's rightly divided. Then as they preach, as they teach, they're laying a foundation. You take that Word, you allow the Holy Spirit to apply it to your heart and life, and you are building thereupon. That's a part of it. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. How each of us labor for the Lord in this local church, as part of this local church, is important that we take heed that we're doing God's will, God's way. Make sure we're accomplishing what God want, wants us to accomplish. You see, the teaching here, that as local church, we are labors together, but it is God's building. We are labors together, but we are labors, we're told there in verse 9, with God. Let's think of that. Isn't good as a labor with God? We're labors together, but sometimes you're by yourself. The Lord says, give that man a track. Give that lady a try. Invite her to your church. Hey, tell that person about the Lord Jesus Christ. Tell them what he's done for you. And so, you are God's building. And we're building the local church with the souls of men brought to Jesus Christ. Now, you build by the blueprints that are laid out in God's Word. That's how we build. He laid it out. God didn't give Israel its land without a law, without the Torah, without all the things that are involved there. He gave it to them, and He didn't give us the local church without an instruction book, the Bible. And let me say, without apology, the King James Bible. Now, we build by the blueprints, but you do it God's way. No compromising. You don't compromise with the culture. 
You don't want to be relevant to the culture. It is the culture that's taking people to hell. We want the culture to like us. No, we want the culture to know Jesus Christ is their Savior that they might be changed. So we don't want to be like them in order for them to like us. Our goal is not to be liked. Our goal is to bring them to Jesus Christ. Then, as your brothers and sisters in Christ, that is a first stepping stone for loving one another. Again, we want to do God's will, God's way, and no other way. Because any other way is sin, and it's a mistake. So we build by the Word of God, trying to bring souls. Why? 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, <clears throat> he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. This world needs to change, don't you think? I mean, we're in a situation where some can't determine what a woman is. Some don't know what genders are. And some will ball human buckets of tears if you break an eagle's egg, but they get all excited about great thing to do to murder babies in cold blood, a genocide, that they like to kind of tone it down by saying abortion. Now, it's still genocide and it's still murder. But those mothers that have had that can be saved. Can, can be forgiven. <clears throat> Let me just give you a couple examples of something. <clears throat> well, I hate to do it saying this, but this is my age. But I remember the arguments when they were arguing Roe versus Wade. They knew that in the South they would have a hard time selling that because we were the Bible Belt. Obviously, somewhere along the line, we changed belts, and the belt is not the right Bible. But one thing I've noticed back in that day was they'd say, what if it's incest? <clears throat> that was still human life. What if it's rape? It was still human life. And there are people ready to adopt. One of the things that they said, this will sell in the South, what if a black man raped your daughter? What are you going to do? You're going to love that child with all your heart if you're the Christian you ought to be. Now look, they were pulling all those kind of things out there. Now how often... Do they bring that up now that it was up there? Do they say, well, for rape, incest, or whatever? Now, they don't say that, do they? I had one man, and I won't, uh, he's not with us anymore. I mean, he's not in this life. He's with the Lord. I believe he was saved. But, boy, he was strong against abortion. Man, I mean, he was strong against it. His daughter got pregnant out of wedlock. And they didn't like the man, so they had an abortion. He asked me what I thought about it. 
And I told him what I thought it was, murder. And I never saw them again here. Now, I'm sorry that happened in their life. But it was still murder. Now, I'm not on the Supreme Court decision today. I, I, I do like what one man said when I, uh, my wife was reading it to me. She said, he said, uh, <clears throat> as a former fetus, I like it. Uh, but I'm, what I'm saying is, is this. Ours is to do God's will, God's way, God's timing. You're alive on earth. It's His timing now for each of us. Now, it was laid out in the Word of God how man gets to heaven. It's laid out in the Word of God how we're to live. And look, our lives are not governed by psychology. It's not, our church is not supposed to be guided by psychology. Now, I know a lot of Christian colleges have Christian counseling. Fine. But the greatest counsel we're told in the Bible is Jesus Christ. And that counsel has been preserved for us all these years. Just live by it. Live by the counsel of God. Now, I know that will upset some people listening. And the guy doesn't know what he's talking about. But I'm not worried about that. One day they'll find out that that was right. Not because I said so. God says so. Okay. And so... It's not psychology. It's not entertainment. Boy, we need more entertainment in the church. It's not contemporary music we need in the church. It's not the lowering standards that we need in the church. If we lower the standards, we go contemporary or we tone down contemporary, what have we become? We have become a woke church. But instead, we need to do like we're told in 1 Corinthians 15, awake unto righteousness. We need to wake up to what the Lord wants us to do, not to what religious marketers are trying to get you to do, to build their pockets. Now, if any man build upon this foundation, the next verse, verse 12, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble. Now, that is uh, the difference. Wood, hay, and stubble is the difference between gold, silver, and precious stones. The gold, silver, and precious stones is that Bible church is still holy, still has standards, preaches the Word of God, and still calls people to get saved. Because the Lord wants His church to continue to be built, you see. And so, the difference between a worldly church, a carnal church, is the carnal church is building with wood, hay, and stubble. It's called entertainment. It's called contemporary. It's called con uh, toned down contemporary. It's called uh, getting rid of some of those old-fashioned standards. But the Christ-like church is godly, obedient unto His Word, Christians. Our Constitution is important for the law of our land. It really is. But the constitution for Christendom is the word of God. And it's of utmost importance because that constitution can never be destroyed no matter what man will try to do to it. And he has tried. But don't miss out 
You go away and follow what men are trying to say. You will end up a woke church, and that's just as bad as being in the politically woke culture of today. Now, I don't agree with that. Of course you don't, because you're woke in the church, and you don't want to be that called woke. Then don't be. If you're not woke, then you can't be called woke. But if you're going to go along with a contemporary, you're going to go along with getting rid of standards, you are woke. I don't want you to be woke. It will not give me a joy at the judgment seat of Christ as you're standing there before the Lord and Him asking me, did you preach against it? Yes, sir, I did. And you're without excuse. Now look, uh, I wanted to say it's important that the law of the land be right. But it's more important that we understand the constitution of God's Word. You know, <clears throat> the world today, they take your money, your taxes, and want to take it into the schoolhouses and find out if children's parents actually spank them, as the Bible says to do, so that they can yank your children out of there and get you in trouble. Or they want to find out, how did your parents correct something that you did wrong? What should have they have done? Undermine what you have in your home Say things against God. They will say all day long that this world evolved. But if you say creation, they get upset. They say, don't burn books, all those books on socialism and everything else. But then if you say, okay, let's bring a Bible in, then they want to burn books. And my friend, the first Congress of the United States placed Bibles in the school and ruled they wanted them in the schools of America. That is fact. They were part of the schools, not just in the 1700s, even into the 1960s until about 1964 when they finally started moving. Matter of fact, our church, our school, a public school I was in, didn't take it out till 65, although the ruling had already been set down. <clears throat> and, you know, I, when I think about it, this nation grew and became the number one world power when we had the Bible in the schools. Other countries were wanting to send their children to our schools for their education. We had safe streets. Babies weren't murdered at public expense. As a matter of fact, now what it's done is that if somebody finds that these people are just harvesting baby parts and they report it, they get the proof and report it, they get arrested for doing that, thrown in jail. But look what woke has accomplished. Oh. As I said earlier, 
They don't know if you're a man or a woman. They can't tell, give a definition for gender. They have books that say, my two mommies, that they're teaching your kindergartners. They hate God, and they try to eliminate Him from the public fanfare. But the day comes when every man's work shall be made manifest, verse 13 says. And this is addressed to Christians still. For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. Again, the fire will show whether your work is of God or if it's of this religious marketing schemes they have that bring in the flesh, work on our feelings, and seek to destroy the Word of God, the standards of holiness and righteousness. Forgetting that Psalms 145 17 tells us that the Lord is righteous in all His ways and holy in all His works. And if you don't like it, then your argument's not with me. Your argument's with God. I don't think you're ever going to straighten out God if you think He's wrong. Okay? There is no wisdom nor counsel nor understanding against the Lord. The Bible's very clear in stating that. So, if you stood for righteousness and true holiness, you're on the winning side. But, if you go with the religious crowd that turns the grace of God into lasciviousness and teaching, that you ought to remove those old standards, they don't work for today, you don't do this, you don't do that, because that's yesterday, you don't do that anymore. If you have contemporary or toned down contemporary to attract or hold people, you are doing that to appeal to the flesh of people, to the old nature instead of their spirit. And remember, why do we preach the Word of God? Because it's Holy Spirit breathed. God breathed. God speaks through His Word. And so, we're not trying to appeal to the depraved nature of man. We are trying to reach that lost soul and his spirit be converted. God is the spirit, and that's the image that we were made after. God said, let us make man in our image. God is the spirit. The Bible's clear on that. And he wants us to be like him. We have a spirit. Let's quit trying to appeal to the flesh. We don't need to be woke in the local church. We need to be righteous. We need to awaken to righteousness. That is what God calls us to do. And so, uh, they have turned to this carnal spirit. The Holy Spirit is always holy and righteous in everything. You may be carnally religious, but you're not Christian. Are you saying I'm not saved? No, I didn't say that. See, Christian means Christ-like. 
You can be a saved man, but not be Christian because you're not Christ-like. And so, we must understand that we must be Christ-like if we're going to be what God wants us to be. And at this judgment seat of Christ that our text is talking about, when everything shall be revealed by fire, it's going to show whether these religious works of yours burn up or they stand the test. Well, my intentions were good. Were your intentions good to try to destroy holiness? Righteousness, true holiness, and faith? To appeal to the flesh? No, that's not good intentions. Satan will tell you that. Religion will tell you that. But not the Word of God and Jesus Christ and His Holy Spirit. They won't tell you that. And so, we have religious marketers that have set the tone of what a church is supposed to be instead of the Word of God. Look, the Word of God, Hebrews tells us, is powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. Quit trying to appeal to the soul's fleshly, sinful, lost nature and appeal to the spirit of a man through the power of God, through the Word of God, and show him his need of salvation. We want to awake unto righteousness. Because this other woke idea that's going on in the churches, whether it's toned down or contemporary, don't say those things that might make people upset or uncomfortable about sin. Look, there was a church that was involved in uh, some kind of a program like AAA or something like that, you know, or whatever it is, AA and, and the other things they have that, that are out there. And they were involved in it. And one of the things that I found out was that one of the things they hold back on, don't really hit, is sin. Because it'll make those people feel bad of the sin they were in. I said, wait a minute. So, did God make a mistake when He said, such were some of you in 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11? Or in Titus chapter 3, ye also were. When we're reminded of our past, praise God, we can say, such were. It's a moment of praise. We're not happy that we sinned the sin. No, we're sorry, but we know that it was washed in the blood, and we were saved from that sin. It's everything involved with it. Immoral education that can't distinguish between right and wrong that wants you to think that LGBTQ is something that is normal. That is immoral education. We have immoral families now that just move in and live together without marriage. And then we also have the immoral local church that has gotten rid of the standards. They're in bed with the world's religion instead of with God's Word. And so it is time to wake up because we do want people to be saved. Now, my friend, I've preached here hitting Christians pretty hard, simply because this is addressed to Christians. This text is addressed to Christians. But what I also want to add 
is that you may sit back there and think or sit out there and, uh, watching us in live stream or in radio, hearing us, and say, man, I'm glad I'm not there. Those people are crazy. I don't want to hear the, that stuff. I like my drugs. I like my alcohol. I like my extramarital affairs. I like whatever it is they like. Some will say, you don't know how low I've gone. I've actually killed somebody. Look, no matter what your sin is, because Moses killed somebody, Paul had somebody killed, God saved both of those guys. God can forgive your sin. He can cleanse you. But then look again at Moses and, and Paul. They're not only saved and forgiven, they were made tools in God's hand, and great things happened through those two men of God. What Moses was to the Old Testament is what Paul was to the New Testament. God did something with their lives. And the line through which Jesus came had in that line Rahab the harlot. God can change you. He can forgive you. He can cleanse you. And He will. If you come to Him in repentance and faith saying, Lord, I've tried at times to get rid of this sin, and I can't. And that's right, you can't. I can't get rid of the sin. It's the Lord. So I've come to you, given you my life. Cleanse me of that sin. Cleanse me from its power over me. And I'm going to give you my heart and life, and I will live for you. Believe that Jesus shed his blood on the cross and died for me and rose from the dead. I'm going to take him as his word. I don't believe he lies. Because he said that if I would believe that, and receive Him as my Lord and Savior, He would give me everlasting life. And I want to do that. My friend, if you'd like to do that, you can do that today. Let's bow our heads, please.